Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 42 of That's What B Said. I am your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hi, Britt. We are at episode 42. We are so old. We're so old, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Middle-aged. <laughs> we are. Tom Brady status over here. Ooh. The goat. Duh. Uh, <laughs> and Miss Meredith at MK on Sports. Hi, Mare. Hi, guys. Uh, so we're back on hot mics uh, for those that are joining us live. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Excited to be back on this platform. And then obviously for those listening, downloadable, uh, you'll still find us when we release our episodes wherever you listen. So this is exciting. Yes. We've got a fun show tonight. Have a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, plenty of football and Brown stuff, including the matchup against Washington this weekend. Uh, we got a new segment that... Um, I named annoying things on Brown's Twitter because every week this seems to happen. So we'll just make this recurring throughout the rest of the season. Feels fair. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the Cleveland baseball team, Indians. What are what, they're still the Indians? But do we like that? I tweeted Yay Tribe, and like you know, <laughs> last night I was sitting there, and this is right after you know Hosey's walk off and stuff, and I'm like. Do I call them the Indian? Not, is tribe okay? So I just said, hi, you know, yay tribe. That was acceptable. It. Cleveland yeah, baseball tribe. team. I know. I like that. It's, it's like it's awkward. You know, like we're in this in-between moment. But anyway, nonetheless, they have clinched the postseason after a win last night against the White Sox in extra innings. So plenty of drama in that game. Uh, so they will be going to the playoffs. Uh, guys, we, we obviously had a tough stretch there down the line, losing what six games in a row. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. What are your expectations for the Indians in the postseason, <laughs> Brittany? Can they do it? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Hot take. As far as like baseball, I always forget that baseball is even happening. Really? So like last night I was watching Ratchet, which is a very good show, by the way. And my boyfriend texted me and he's like, Jose. And I was like, oh, cool. Dinger. Like, I don't know what's happening. I, I haven't watched a tribe game in weeks. So, you know, he's like, yeah, walk off, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay. So they clinched then. Yeah. Okay, great. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I have no expectations for this team. And I have a question along these lines. If they win a, a World Series this year, is it going to mean as much? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Well, here's the thing: five, ten, fifteen years down the road, you're not necessarily. I mean, everyone's going to know that 2020 is a ridiculous year and crazy. And honestly, yeah. 2021 is kind of shaping up to be a little bit of the same way because Adam Silver said that the NBA may not even start till January 1st at the earliest, and they still want to get in all 82 games, but you know, every team is working under the same circumstance. So it's not like any team has an advantage over the other. And, you know, when you look back in history on, on wins and especially world series wins, like that's what you're going to remember is the fact that they won the world series. And, you know, once you get to the next generation who was born after 2020, their pandemic is going to be nothing to them. All they're going to say is, yeah, my team won in 2020. Can I ask you a question on the same lines then? Brittany, do you feel the same way for like the NBA season? Like, do you mm -hmm. think that it's kind of the same type of if whoever wins the championship, like, will it have an asterisk? Like, does it feel the same? Because obviously the NBA was much farther down the season line than baseball yeah. was so condensed. No, I'd say the NBA is different just because they got, you know, pretty close to a full season in. You know what I mean? Like, I think their last game was, what, in the middle of March? March 13th. And really, the, I remember the Yeah, game. the regular season goes on until, what, April? Yeah. Beginning of April? Yeah. yeah. So, like, to me, it's, it, it's, you know, whoever wins it, yeah, they deserved it. And I'm not saying, like, whoever wins the World Series doesn't deserve it. They do. But, I don't know. Like, I hope, here's my hope, is that I will watch playoff baseball because, historically i love playoff baseball so i'm gonna tune in to watch this um i just i hope it feels good you know what i mean 
I don't know that it, I don't know. I my my relationship with baseball is so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I think once you get in the moment, it will. Because I kind of felt the same way uh, about hockey. And you know, once the Capitals were in it and not really winning, but like with the Blue Jackets when they were really, really, uh, I believe it was uh, the Lightning. They were giving the Lightning some some real problems in that first round. And everything that has happened in 2020, you kind of forget. And all, all you know is that you're watching this hockey game and you want your team to win. So I have a feeling that that's probably what, like it feels weird now, but I think once we actually get into the postseason and start playing these playoff games, I think the, like the temperature, like the water is going to turn boiling hot and you're going to get really excited. I hope so. I'm convinced. That's- I'm convinced. I think you will. You have a lot of faith in me, and I love that about you. I really hope that's the case, because I would love to love baseball again. I would love to, you know, I used to, oh my gosh, like back in like high school and college, I would watch every single game, whether the Indians were in it or not, like especially playoff baseball, that was like my world. So I want to get back to that point eventually, but up till now, like I keep forgetting that it's even on anymore. Until I see, you know, people tweeting about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, baseball. <laughs> baseball needs to wine and dine you to bring you back in. It does. It needs, <laughs> we need to go to a counselor or something. It's, it's so confusing. Couples counseling? Yes. Yeah, I, it, my point of view is if the Astros don't have an asterisk, then this whoever wins this year should not have an asterisk. Right. That right. is true. That is true. Uh, I think it's actually it's pretty impressive though, that with such a condensed season, you know, whoever makes it to the playoffs, I think it's, it's almost that much more meaningful because I've said this before, but a typical season is so long that it feels like there's so many games that don't mean anything where this season, like they actually did mean something. And we were going down that losing streak. There was no way I thought we were going to actually make it. So I'm pretty happy. I love fall baseball too. I'm excited to see it come to life um it's just really weird right now because the nba is still on so like i'm actually struggling with the nba being on um because typically they're completely out of the forefront and now it's like my i just like can't focus there's just so much happening right now i had soccer yeah. i was watching the crew tonight <laughs> I, I mean i'm like, I'm just, like overwhelmed with... <laughs> i know i know the crew they are like they they're, are they're, they're, yeah they're on top of the eastern division like they are doing so good talking about soccer. i know yeah I, I i watch a lot of crew games too but that is something this is a plot twist i did not see coming <laughs> sorry Brie watching Eli- soccer i mean That's what was it nice. uh eloy room hasn't given up a goal in like what was it it was something ridiculous like, i don't know like their name of, yeah oh eloy room was the goalie <laughs> so <Clearly. laughs> um yeah there was some cute little i don't know i thought i felt like Brittany they could be our sons. They were cute. Um, what soccer people? Yeah, there, there was um, one of the players on the team. I forget his name. He's a really good one. Um, he had like blonde tips like OBJ. So I'm like, oh, this is the OBJ of the crew. You know, like star player. Aww. Uh, I think I think you're talking about Yossi Zardes. I think he's the one with frosted tips. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I can get Brittany on board with this. <laughs> let's work on baseball first (laughs) i would watch hockey before i watch soccer oh my god i'm gonna get Brittany into hockey like once fans are truly allowed back in the stands i am kidnapping Brittany and taking her down to columbus to go to listen though i would watch baseball before hockey so let's not get ahead of ourselves one step at a time it's football basketball baseball Everything else. Everything else. <laughs> I would actually no. You know what? Tennis. I love watching tennis. Tennis is a lot so of fun. Tennis before hockey. Wow. That's my that's my list. I like playoff hockey. I'm like a typical sports fan in that sense of like I can watch. You watch playoff? Yeah, hockey? I can watch playoff hockey. I think it's exciting. I actually Ooh. some people have said to me if you experience hockey, you will really mm-hmm. fall in love with it. And I've never been to an in person hockey game, so I think maybe that's we, what we need to be. Yeah, so I'm kidnapping. Both of you. Yes, I will be kidnapping both of you and we will be going down to Columbus. Field trip. Going to Nationwide Arena. See the Blue Jackets play. Whenever the world goes back to normal. You yeah, know, right? There's a lot of crew fans in our chat right now. I know. There are like I that's crew has a really big following because I don't know if you guys remember this. It was like a year or two ago, the owner of the crew was trying to move the team to Austin, Texas. Just because he wanted to live it, like just for the pure reason that he wanted to live in Austin because it's an it city. 
and he wanted to take the crew with him. And then the Haslam's bought the crew from him, which is why they're still in Columbus. So there was... Oh, was that the whole Save the Crew movie? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so we almost lost our MLS team here in Ohio, and the Haslam's swooped in and saved it. Yeah, I have a lot of friends in Columbus that... um, It's funny because on Facebook they're really big crew fans and they post all the time about how much they love the Haslam's and it's, <laughs> like, it's, such, a, it's such a warped perspective. It's like yeah. Browns fans and have experienced like that roller coaster, but they obviously <laughs> see it as, you know, they saved the crew and they kept the team in Columbus. Like they do have this like sense of loyalty. So I do think like the Haslam's were very smart in doing that because I think they may have gained some fans that converted maybe to, to the Browns. Um, but anyway, yes, the crew is near and dear to my heart because I used to live in Columbus. And um, fun fact, I used to date a player. Don't tell my husband. Whoa. 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 This might have to be an offline discussion yeah, so where you're going to have to drive <laughs> Many, many moons ago, you guys. Um, yes, closet crew fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come out of the closet. It's okay. It's 2020. Everyone's coming out of the closet. <laughs> Okay, so, wow, we got really off topic. Indians crew, I don't know how that happened. Um, so the only other thing I wanted to mention about the Indians, you guys, is I saw that our son, Tristan McKenzie, is going to be coming out of the bullpen for the playoffs. I love that. I know. A little, I a little switcheroo here. Yeah, well, because I think usually for playoffs, they go down to three-man rotations. So it makes sense that, because Tr- Tristan's not in the top three, but if they have, and this is one of the things that I really hope Sandy does with him uh, because this is what they did with Trevor Bauer in 2018 when he got moved to the pen in the playoffs is starting him at the top of the inning rather than middle of the innings. Cause then it feels more like a start rather than coming in with like an out or two or a few batters into the inning. So I, I have faith that Sandy is going to do that. So I just, you know, really hope that they're not like stuck in this weird situation where they have to bring in a reliever and then they throw in Tristan, you know, in the sixth inning with two outs or something, you know, that's just a very weird position to put someone who's used to being a starter. But mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that they're putting him in the pen for, for the postseason. Yeah. So Brittany, that'll give you reason to watch. Cause I know you love him. I mean, yeah. And you know, I would only watch every, like, you know, in a regular season, every five days to see Tristan, <laughs> but now I'll have to watch like every game just in case yes. you never know. You never know when he's going to get the call. Exactly. Right? Gotta be prepared. All right. You guys want to move on to the Browns? We got a lot to cover with the Browns. Yeah, we have yes. so much. We do, we do. Okay, so we haven't talked to you guys since the win last Thursday, which feels like 100 years ago. That game was it really does. forever ago. Yes. So obviously we came off of a victory, and I was super disappointed with what was happening on Twitter post a victory. So this is our new segment, Introducing Annoying Things on Brown's Twitter. Right now, we have a list of four things just coming out of last week. So I'm going to kick it off with fans that can't be happy with a win. So this is truly a reaction of coming off of the Cincinnati game. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you were happy about the victory, all I kept seeing was, but they only beat the Bengals. So the it's one game crowd who was uh-huh. not using that as an excuse after the Ravens lost all of a sudden flipped the switch and we're okay. saying it was only one game, guys. So right. I cannot. I saw a little bit of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the same group that in the off season they say, oh, well, we're off-season champs, yes. so they need to win to prove something. Yep. It's the same damn people. It. And it's like, they absolutely 100% needed to win this game because look at how the narrative shift. Like, you know, going into it, it was, we were coming off a terrible loss in Baltimore. You know, everyone was questioning. Everything. <laughs> it's, it sounds funny now that I'm ta- saying it. Because this was only a couple of weeks ago, but everyone was questioning Stefanski and Barry and Baker and Odell. You know, you got to make all these trades. And they won. They beat Cincinnati. Stefanski, you know, had a good game. Baker had a good game. The run game was used well. So things went well. It's not just like, 
oh, well, you know, we showed up and we happened to play the Bengals, who were bad, but like they looked good. And like people, they want to like discredit them, which is, I don't know. I've stopped trying to figure out people, honestly, ladies. I don't know anymore. Well, and here's the thing how many times last year did the Browns lose games that they were supposed to win? And how angry people got. And they would say, these are not the games that you should be losing. You can't be losing games like this. The Bengals game mm-hmm. last Thursday was one of those games that you can't lose. And they yes. didn't. Yes. Exactly. And these people and these people still aren't happy. Exactly. But you know what? They did the same thing last year when they beat the Jets. And I believe, what was that, like week two okay. or week three? Yeah. I'm glad you brought they that beat- up, Brittany. Because we beat the Jets and it looked horrible. Yes. Yes, they looked bad doing yes. it, but like they still won. And then they're like, oh, well, that was terrible. But again, that was a game that it felt like they sort of needed to win at that time. And it's like this time we won and we looked good doing it. And it's still not enough. It's like, yes. well, you know, I this week's going to be no different because, you know, Washington's not all that great. I don't, yes, unless we beat win. them by like 30 points. No, no, I can't happy. imagine these people are going to be happy. So can I ask you guys a question? Does this only apply to the Browns or does this apply to other teams? Because I had the opportunity on Sunday, obviously we weren't playing, to watch other football teams play. And I happened to be tuned into the Steelers taking on the Broncos. And the Broncos, everybody gets injured. The Steelers end up winning. But I didn't hear the same narrative of, oh, the Steelers only beat the Broncos. It was all about the Steelers' defense. So it feels like other teams, when they beat teams they're supposed to beat, it's somehow about how good they are as a team, not about how bad the other team is. And that's what bothers me a lot. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Because after covering the Washington football club in Washington and then covering the Titans in Tennessee, like there were ugly games that both of those teams won while I was covering them. And people were not upset about like they were upset that it was ugly. Sure. But Monday morning, they're saying a win is a win. We're going to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't the, the, oh, it was only this team or, oh, it was like there, there wasn't just that, there wasn't that vitriol towards the win. And last year, I think there were what, there were only what two wins that we legitimately felt good about. There would have been three wins that we felt good about had we not had that Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation. (laughs) But like that first game against uh, Baltimore, where the Browns looked like, what we wanted them to. And then I don't even remember. They only won six games last year, but there was only one other win where they really look like a cohesive football team. And the other wins were just ugly and, you know, not, not good. And Mm -hmm. so it was under like, how many times did we get on our podcast last season after a Browns win, but it didn't feel like a Browns win. I'd have to run some of those back. (laughs) (laughs) so everyone so you guys are all jumping ahead in the comment section here tonight because our number two annoying thing this week is the obj trade talk so we talked about this on our last podcast after the loss to the ravens but again on sunday adam schefter tweeted out that the browns shut down any trade talk um Mm -hmm. I don't understand why all of a sudden this trading OBJ thing automatically fixes all things wrong with the Cleveland Browns. I understand when they showed that stat on Thursday night about Baker's stats prior to OBJ, it's very jarring to look at. However, I'm not going to base anything off of last year because we were a train wreck. There were so many factors involved (laughs) in last year that Baker Mayfield's stats we're not just impacted by OBJ. So that is such an unfair thing to look at. Like apples yes. and oranges. Yes. Is that what we call the gas leak here? That's another community. Re- I'm going to have a community reference on every single podcast from here on out. Community, you guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Brittany knows what no, I'm talking about when I say the gas leak here. <laughs> is trading OBJ going to fix the defense? <laughs> yes. Is trading OBJ going to bring all these, you know, injuries? Like, what <laughs> what are we doing? Like I said, last week should have changed the narrative of this. Like they they went out there, you know, Baker, that beautiful, beautiful touchdown that I said I want played at my funeral, and I mean it. <laughs> so if I die an early death, ladies, please make sure this happens. It, I want it to be a celebration over and Married over again. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Meredith just says, okay. <laughs> Wait, are we playing this at your wedding or your funeral or both? Um <laughs> 
funeral. Okay. <laughs> <That'll happen. laughs> I was burying her in her orange. I was like, yes, I will bring your orange pants. We will dress you in your orange pants. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but like, and I see you know, there's a specific um, station in Cleveland. I'm not going to do that, but the, they keep tweeting this poll out. And this is like every other day. They're like, should the oh <laughs> like, why? There, there are some accounts that I'm glad I don't follow. And I'm just like, I, I think Browns fans have finally, finally had enough of that specific thing. I hope, I pray that we're done with it. As far as like OBJ getting traded, I can't listen to it anymore. I'm done. I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah, and if you would have actually watched the game on Thursday, which a lot of these people, I assume, did, you would see mm-hmm. that OBJ was critical on a lot of plays that didn't involve him catching the ball. He was blocking yes, downfield so yeah. much. And he is more. Yes. He was open multiple times when he didn't get the ball. There was none of the body bad body language that they everyone just makes up. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. They're okay. Like they can have emotions. They can be frustrated. Like, I don't understand why all of a sudden we we don't want these humans to have any type of emotion. Like, they're involved. They're playing football. It's okay. Against the Ravens, they were losing. They were playing like crap. OBJ played like crap. How did you want his body language to be happy? If he would have been happy, everyone would have been mad. He doesn't want to yes. be here. You know? Like, yes. like just, just stop. I, <laughs> nothing gets me riled up like an OBJ trade talk rumor. <laughs> We're sweating now, guys. Goodness. <laughs> we're so mad. Don't, well, we're gonna keep. Don't tell little dude that people want to trade OBJ because I feel like that would break his poor little heart. Oh, he oh, is God. actually tonight. I was putting him to bed, and he asked me why Baker didn't change his number to eight. I have no idea where that came from, but I was like, "It's six. and he was like, "But I want him to be eight. It's like, okay, I'll put that, put that call in for you. Um, but wait, how, how old is little dude? He's gonna be five. Okay, because my nephew, one of my nephews, when he turned six, he wanted a Baker jersey because he was like, he liked it because he was six, I think. Or maybe he just like Baker Mayfield because he wants to be a quarterback. He's in Pee Wee football. Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, it's so Either cute. Way, but yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he's obsessed with Baker Mayfield. Like he's got multiple jerseys. He's got brown stuff everywhere, which is funny because nobody like on that part of my family, at least like they don't, they don't watch sports. They don't watch football, but he wanted to play. So they put him in peewee football and he is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Kids are amazing. All right. So number three, this is also going to get the heart rate up, particularly Brittany's. <laughs> so Brittany, I'm going to let you go on your rant here. You're going to have the floor. The third thing okay. annoying on Brown's Twitter is revisiting every quarterback pick the Brown passed on. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start with Carson Wentz because this, <laughs> is one, this is the one that I've heard so much over the ever since he was drafted, right? Sashi passed on Carson Wentz. He didn't know what he was doing. Carson Wentz is, you know, they about like two weeks into his rookie season, they were like talking about how he's a Hall of Famer. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and then he sort of proved the point. You know, when he he was injury prone, and I feel bad about that. But, like, when Philadelphia went to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as their quarterback, sort of proved the point that maybe Carson Wentz wasn't all that good. Maybe he was just in a system, and you could sort of plug people in, anyone that's like him, into that system, and get they're going to be good. So when I hear people, even now, well, on Sunday, we were watching a bunch of games, and Philadelphia happened to be on. And I was like, God, like, people are finally now – just now starting to realize that maybe Carson Wentz isn't all that they thought that he was. And then I started going through the list of, you know, other people that the Browns passed on. Cause I tweeted that out. I said, you know, remember when people thought Carson Wentz was good and then they attacked me because I called out Browns fans specifically because they harp and they obsess over these quarterbacks that the Browns passed on. So it got into uh, Sean Watson. Um, nobody, only a few people said Lamar Jackson, which I we'll get into him in a second, but you know, Watson and um, Holmes said, well, you, they passed on. Okay. So here's what I want to talk about because this is important. Are you yes. ready? Could you imagine 
Now, Mahomes and Watson were both in 2017. Okay, imagine if they had got drafted and they played instead of Deshaun Kaiser, whose number one targets were Kenny Britt and Corey Coleman. <laughs> I haven't heard those names in years. Could okay, and number Mahomes also said he admitted that sitting out his entire rookie year, learning behind Alex Smith helped him grow. He has said that. It's not like, you know, it, it, this just like I made this up. He said it in interviews. He said, no, that really helped my growth and development. He would not have had that opportunity in Cleveland. There was no one there to teach him. Um, Hugh Jackson, when he threw his rookie quarterback under the bus and said, hey, go out there and destroy your career. I don't care. Um, so either whether it had been Watson or Mahomes, that it just would not have worked. And then they got all up in arms saying, well, you, so you're saying they should just pass on good players because it's a bad system. And that's not at all what I said, but quarterback is a very specific position where you have to get the right guy in the right system for it to work. And Lamar Jackson is the shining example of that because he went to a place by the way, what was it, like 30, 31 other teams passed on Lamar Jackson? So, you know, a lot of people passed on him. But then I tried to explain to people why Lamar Jackson would have been a disaster in Cleveland. <laughs> because could you imagine? No. Just picture it for a second. Just picture it. Lamar Jackson running an offense by Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Imagine the horror of what that would have looked like because that's who he would have had. So I'm like, guys, Lamar Jackson is great because he went to Baltimore who had Harbaugh and Roman and, you know, Greg Roman. He's like a wizard at offenses, like the one that they, um, he worked with Colin Kaepernick. He worked with Terod Taylor. Like he's very good at these dual threat quarterbacks. This is what he does. He's special. Cleveland absolutely did not have that at all. They had the exact opposite of that. So, you know, they all got mad at me. <laughs> said I was stupid and I didn't know what I was talking about. And all these players could go anywhere and be good. And Cleveland, there's no getting through to them. And I'm just like, you know what? Go ahead. Obsess over Carson Wentz and Watson and Mahomes and all the people that we didn't get. Or you can just appreciate what we have now. I don't know. They're mad that you're they're mad that you're right. Although I will say this: the I passed on Carson Wentz, or my team passed on Carson Wentz thing is not unique to the Browns because that was such an annoying argument in Tennessee as well. Because mm-hmm. Tennessee was one of the teams that passed on Carson Wentz, and I think they went with uh, Marcus Mariota instead. And Mariota was a good, not great quarterback for Tennessee for a few years, and he's not even. I think Tannehill is starting for the Titans now, but. When I lived in Tennessee, that was an argument that I had to deal with. And I had like the same thoughts that Brittany did because at the time they had Mike Malarkey as the head coach and he just wasn't like, Malarkey was not going to get the best out of Carson Wentz. Like he just wasn't. And so it's the Carson Wentz thing is not unique to, to Cleveland. Other teams have that same argument, but everything that Brittany has said is 1000% correct on everything. And especially the fact that, Lamar Jackson would not have been a fit in Cleveland. Like he'd be out of the Lamar Jackson now. would yeah. be dead if he would have went. <laughs> <to Cleveland. laughs> like, they would have brought him killed. Yes, probably, probably. And then yeah. I really and I and I kind of got murdered for this too, but I wanted I wanted Tyrod for a year here in Cleveland. I wanted him to have because I wanted Baker to sit behind him for that full year, the same way that Mahomes is able to sit behind um Alex Smith, like that's what I wanted for Baker. I thought that would. I have wanted been, that too. Yeah, like I was I. very much on board. That was like ideal. Like I, but, yeah, I, I just, I thought that would have been such. a I don't think that Baker would be struggling nearly as much as he did in in year two if he had had an entire year to sit behind Tyrod because Tyrod is a great football player and a great mentor. And just someone brought up Tyrod in the comments and just. Every time, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry thinking about Tyrod Taylor right now. You guys, I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I well, I, I have such say, an emotional attachment to him. I will say we, because we talked about this in text message form on Monday, all three of us, and it feels like now, though, at least we have 
it does feel like we have an identity and that's something that we have never mm -hmm. had in the past. So it's really hard to draft players when you don't have an identity established or an idea of what we want to be. And we haven't had the leadership consistent enough in order to get to that point in time. Right now, I think you saw glimpses of what Kevin Stefanski wants to be. And it feels like we now have the personnel and from a player standpoint to execute what that is. So I think the best thing for the Browns this season is the consistency and building around that type of offense. So hopefully what we see in these next few games is that Baker Mayfield will be the quarterback to drive this offense home. We have two great running backs, um, but we need to build off of this now. And obviously from a defensive standpoint, we need to get better on that end in order to be a full complete package. But in the past, that just hasn't been something that the Browns were ever good at. So I think every Browns fan has always wanted to draft a quarterback to fix things. And that would mm -hmm. never happen because we didn't have the personnel, the coaching staff or anything no. to support a quarterback in order for them to succeed. I think we're oh, getting there. And that's really, we're getting there. I think so too. Like I'm genuinely happy with the way things turned yeah. out. Be like, okay, we didn't get this guy or this guy or this guy, but again, the Cleveland Browns were such a disaster I don't think it would have mattered. I think if anything, these like, you know, Mahomes or Watson, all we would have done was hurt their development. Yeah. All we would have done is stunt their growth. Like, you know, we needed a, <laughs> we needed what we have now years ago in order to even contemplate that being a, a feasible option saying, oh, this guy could come here and make it work. Well, no, he couldn't. There just wasn't the tools there. There wasn't, it wasn't a place where a young quarterback could grow or develop. It just wasn't. Yeah. It didn't matter who it was. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go into our fourth and final annoying things on Brown's Twitter. Um, so apparently Joe Burrow's family were accosted during the game at the stadium on Thursday night. So this article came out um, on barstool that they were getting trash talked in the stands and we're wondering if this was just a browns thing or if this was normal throughout the league um who put this in here because this is amazing first Mary, I, 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 Mary <laughs> you have to just read this okay so in our rundown we have like bullet points so i put the topic which is joe burrow's family getting accosted at first energy stadium the link to the article and then my bullet points uh firstly why Secondly, why? Thirdly, why? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Yeah. I would hope that these are just a few drunk fans. This is this is a bad look. That's a really bad look, especially with only six thousand in the stands. Like those are the. I'm kind of yeah. I'm surprised that that happened, considering mm -hmm. that Browns fans were falling over themselves to say how great he looked in his second <laughs> loss. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> That anyone would say anything to the chosen one's parents about, you know, anything. I'm flabbergasted because I had people in my mentions that night saying that he is a future Hall of Famer after his second loss in the NFL. So the fact that the people did this blew my mind. So I was like, there's no way Browns fans would besmirch the almighty Joe Burrow. <laughs> That wouldn't happen. Yeah, and Meredith, I saw you put this in here too, but so this is something I don't understand. Ohio State cannot claim Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. I, like as a former Buckeye, <laughs> this is like one of the most annoying things that I see is when people that are Ohio State slash Buckeye fans claim him as a Buckeye. No, he was not. He didn't play. Like he did not play. He sat on the bench. We didn't let him play, which is fine. Like own that. It's fine. It's fine. I'll root for Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. Like, but he, he, he wasn't a Buckeye. Yes. He's an Ohio kid. He's an Ohio kid. That's great. Love that he stems from Ohio, but he did not hail from Ohio state. He won at LSU. Uh, Brie, I can't tell you how much I, I'm actually like in love with you right now. <laughs> That's how much I love what's coming out of your mouth. Because like, I say this and like, Oh, angry buck nuts. They're just all over me. And I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, but like, this is just facts. Like he, he went to Ohio state. I don't know. He got hurt or something, whatever. I, I honestly don't know what happened. I guess he got hurt during his time there and then he wasn't the same. So they started, you know, Haskins in front of him and that's like Haskins is great. Cool. 
But then, you know, he transferred. He's gone. He's not yours anymore. And then he went on and he won a Heisman and he won a championship with LSU. And I don't, I don't know why these, you know, I remember at the Heisman ceremony, they're like, oh yeah, Ohio State, go Buckeyes. I'm like, what are you talking about? He, he just won a championship with someone else. He's accepting a Heisman as someone else. Why are you doing this? You're embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like you recruited him as a player, but you didn't play him. So if you want to, if you want to talk about how good you are recruiting, great. Talk about how great you are recruiting. That's fine. Yeah. But it like not every recruit actually plays for you or they could transfer. So yeah, that, that whole thing drives me crazy. Like it, the, the crazy buck nuts are insufferable. They really are. You can't, you you can't have it. You can't have an argument. It's it's truly just like a one-sided conversation. They are truly, I mean, I hear all the time. I'm married to a Michigan fan. You know, I am like, shunned like how dare you like i'm like it's literally not that it's fine like he's we're we're humans like it's it's okay so crazy i'm not claimed i'm probably like not welcome as a buckeye so i guess maybe you're not a buckeye so so like here's the ridiculous thing i would say two-thirds of the Ohio State fans that I meet never actually went to Ohio State, but you went there. You got your degree from yeah. there. Your education, your career is thanks to Ohio State. So I don't understand how you could not be accepted as a Buckeye because like you went there. Yeah, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Meredith, you're exactly right. So many of the crazy Buckeye fans never went to school there. Like the the people that went to school there probably aren't as crazy. That is true. But yeah, I've had people actually on Twitter tell me to show my diploma because they don't believe that I graduated from Ohio State because I married a Michigan fan. How about them first? (laughs) Show your diploma first, Dale. You don't have one. It's fine. (laughs) OSU, um, what's the the campus? There's there's like the main campus and then there's the whatever. It's fine. If you you go to college, it's great. Be proud of that. Um, Okay. We're going to move on to more Browns things. That's, that wraps up our segment this week. I'm sure there'll be plenty of more coming out of this weekend. We will be adding to that list. Make sure you guys tweet us if you have anything that you see that we need to add to this. Annoying things seen on Browns Twitter. Okay. Send us the, send us the Dale mail. Dale mail. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the matchup this weekend against the Washington football team. Um, a very winnable game, in my opinion. We should win this game. So... Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with this question. We obviously had a blowout loss against the Ravens. We followed it up with a solid victory against the Bengals. What is the importance of this game? Will this game outcome be more telling of how the season will go? Brittany, I'll start with you on that. Um, so Washington is a little bit of a better team than Cincinnati. Um, but I don't feel the urgency with this game as I did last game. I think last game they had a big hole to dig themselves out of. That's not the case this week. They're coming off a good win. Um, they have had, you know, yes, 10 days, 10 days of rest, which is big. Um, I don't feel that anxiety where I'm like, you know, oh, I'm worried about this. Because I was actually worried about them playing the Bengals. I think we all yeah. were. We admitted that. Maybe not on the podcast, but before, after recording, we did. <laughs> um, so I don't feel like that's the urgency there. I've, you know, I said earlier that not only did they win, but they looked pretty good while they were winning last week. So, you know, I'm hoping, and I'm pretty optimistic that Kevin Stefanski seems to be the kind of guy where he's learning lessons. You know, there was a, a, obvious change from what he did and his game plan for Baltimore to the game plan and how it played out versus Cincinnati. So I think he will plan well. I think the Browns will win. Um, and I'm not super worried about it. If they do lose, it depends on what it looks like. You know what I mean? I don't think Washington's that bad. So if they lose, I'll be like, eh, if they look really bad losing, I'd be like, all right, time, <laughs> time to well, not panic. I don't want to say panic, but it will be a little, mm, we'll start hearing annoying people again. Yes, I'm sure that list will grow. Yeah. 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 There it yeah. Is. I mean, What's your take? 
So it's it's going to be an interesting game because I think at this point, it's hard to tell what Washington really is. So they've got a brand new head coach in Ron Rivera, which is the one that I wanted for the Browns. But I'm happy with Stefanski. I love Stefanski before he was on the table. Um, you know, they I, I was I was a big Ron Rivera fan. So they've got a brand new coach. Um, they've got their new quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Um, but it, they're strange because they had a really great come from behind win against Philadelphia in week one. And then they got curb stomped by Arizona this past weekend. So this is one of those teams where, because with them, everything is so new because they've got, you know, new coach, new offense, new quarterback. Um, and the first two weeks is a really tough indication of where yeah. they stand in the league. It's tough. It's, mm-hmm. It is, but I, I have confidence in the Browns this weekend as well uh Dwayne Haskins is a little inconsistent um his he he doesn't hit his targets as as much as I hope that I think that they would want him to um so I think it'll be a really good opportunity for the defense to kind of find its sea legs because I know our defense is a little depleted so um I think that the that Washington's um Washington's offense is going to be a good test for, yep. for the Browns defense. Um, I just, I do worry that, that they gave up 30 points to Cincinnati. Um, so that is something that is a little concerning, but I just, I think that the Browns offense is really starting to feel themselves. And so yep. I just, I think that I, I think even if the defense gives up a lot of points, the way they did against Cincinnati, I think the offense will be able to run up the score. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because there is some good news obviously coming out of this week, and that is the fact that Mac Wilson, Kevin Johnson, and Greedy Williams are all back at practice. So at least from a defensive perspective, we are getting some key players back. So hopefully that gives us some improvement when it comes to the middle of the field because the reality is Denzel and Money Mitch played great against Cincinnati. So hopefully getting Mac Wilson back um, we got to figure out just that middle of the field um, defense situation because it's not working right now. Um, but we're going to start with the offense and just some keys to win the game. I've been waiting all day to talk about our offensive talent. And we know we have a lot of it, you guys. You know, running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Jarvis, Hooper. But perhaps the sexiest play of all. <laughs> has come from the most unexpected, and that is the O-line. They're orgasmic. And I I so did not want to pick Jedrick Wills with the number 10 pick in the draft because it wasn't a sexy pick, and I was so wrong. He is the sexiest pick the Browns ever did make. Let me just roll off some facts because I watched some highlights on Twitter this week. And man, did that just get my heart rate pumping? I never thought that I would love an O-line this much since Joe Thomas, but alas, here we are. So if you don't know, PFF graded them second in efficiency. They have a 95.8 rating. They rank number four in run block win rate and number seven in pass block win rate. Wyatt Teller ranked first among 73 guards with qualifying snaps through two weeks of play. Jedrick Wills, um, there is a great tweet thread. I'm blanking on who sent it out, but they pretty much just focused on him and how he blocked um, the run plays and the pass pass plays. It was literally like watching music being performed. It was just (laughs) so beautiful. Um, so obviously our offensive line has been playing great. I think they will be a key to this game because they're going to be playing against obviously a really strong defensive line with Chase Young and company. Um, they sacked Carson Wentz, our favorite 11 times in week one. So they will have a really strong test this week of keeping Baker Mayfield clean. Baker Mayfield did not get touched last week against the Bengals. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. I have true faith in these guys just based on how sexy they've been playing like just sexy line yeah i really think that's going to be probably the most interesting thing about this week you have a very good offensive line going against a very good defensive line um so as far as you know i know we're talking about them being sexy but generally when you think of o-lines d-lines you're like (laughs) yeah but like this is is exciting this is good stuff this is like good hearty football Mm, I like it. Yes. So the thing that I am so excited with 
uh, with the offensive line is the development that they had from week one to week two, because that's what you need. Um, I forget who said it, but it was, it, it, I forget, I, I forget who it was. It was a former player, but they were talking about offensive linemen. And one of the reasons why you don't really see a lot of them in free agency that often. And that's another reason why people were so obsessed with Trent Williams is that you don't see really good offensive linemen in free agency because when a team gets a good offensive lineman, they keep them forever. Like there's a reason that Joe Thomas started on the Browns and ended up with the Browns. There's the reason that Taylor Lewan started with the Titans and he's going to end with the Titans. Like when you get those offensive linemen, you don't let them go. You pay them whatever they want to keep them around. And you just have to trust that the, the lineman that you get in the draft can develop into that. And so that's where, all 32 teams are. So the fact that the Browns were able to draft for the offense and trade for the offense, because they picked up Wyatt Teller, they picked up Jack Conklin who are both playing really well. And that's exactly what you want out of this offensive line. You develop them to become this sexy line. And then you just keep paying them for the end until they can't play anymore. Yeah. And we saw obviously last year, Baker Mayfield, he was sacked way too much. He was rushed. (sighs) He didn't have time to settle in the pocket he just lost a lot of trust. And we obviously know how last year ended. Having Baker Mayfield trust his line is going to obviously help the Browns tremendously because he's going to start building his confidence, building his trust in them. And that's when the plays are going to happen. I mean, we saw that on full display on Thursday when he was comfortable. He was making his reads. He didn't feel rushed. So this is all really good, in my opinion. And we need to continue to see that happen again They'll be tested this week. So I think Baker needs to make sure that he is trusting that he will get enough protection and obviously make those quick decisions. So Baker Mayfield, I think this is going to be a critical game for him on offense. Yeah. And last, uh, I saw this today. It was interesting. We're talking about Baker said uh, against the Bengals blitz, he completed 10 of 13 attempts for 137 yards and two touchdowns in those situations. Yeah, that's, Listen, we need that. And listen, he's going to have help because we also have the tandem of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like these guys deserve couple of the year. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if you guys saw, but Jake Trotter did an article um, this week, and Kareem Hunt is averaging four point three yards per rush after contact. Nick Chubb is third at three point six after contact. I mean. We have both they, of these guys on the same team. They are, they are so good at making something out of nothing. It's incredible to watch. It's like watching art. Yes. Can we, can we start calling them the Bash Brothers? Yes. Like, I think I think that's because that's really like what they are. They're literally smashing heads and getting these yards. And they're both big and athletic. And, and they don't give up. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons like, why power through anything and it's it is so fun to watch them do that yeah there was one play on Thursday night and honestly I don't remember which one but there was a play where Nick Chubb had one or two guys on him and he literally dragged both of those guys for like an extra yard or two with them and put the Browns within conversion you know so and I I think they actually did wind up converting on on the next play but yeah I mean it just like he's like a god what was that X-Men character juggernaut just right? Just (laughs) running through everything. Yeah. And it all goes back to though, the scheme, like they drafted a lineman that fits their scheme that they want to run. They went and got a fullback that blocked his butt off on Thursday. They got tight ends that work in the scheme. Like Hooper was a huge upgrade from a blocking standpoint. Then you had Harrison Bryant just crushing it. I mean, like Mm -hmm. this is smart, nerdy football, football. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I could just cry. Like, it's just. All this, is make, this is making nerds and football yes. guys happy yes. watching this. Yes. It's tough, but it's smart. Yes. That's their identity this year, I think. I, tough I, and smart. I love it. That's going to be our next t-shirt. <laughs> Put it on a shirt, Brittany Mollis. Tough and smart. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Jenna's on the, t- on the chat, but we'll, we'll send her a message. We'll send her a note. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing what our offense brings against Washington. Cause again, you know, it'll be another interesting test, not as good as Baltimore, obviously better than the Bengals. So maybe a nice little matchup for us. So moving on to the defense, which is still a bit of an unknown. Um, the one key I think to victory is the defensive line should dominate Washington's O-line. 
they're injured. Um, they are allowing pressure on 35% of the drop dropbacks. They're, it's the third most in the NFL. Miles Garrett, Sheldon, Lario, Porter Gustin, like they should eat their lunch. Like it should not even be a match. And, and Dwayne Haskins, like he should be running for his life. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's what we see from a defensive perspective. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but there are people actually on the internet. Maybe this should have been part of the annoying things on Twitter that question Miles Garrett and what he means to the defense. Like, do we only he's, like, he's care about triple teams on every play? It's um, like I can't believe they let this happen. And people are like, "Where's Miles? Where's Miles?" Well, he has like four bodies <laughs> on him. Can you escape that? Can you please repeat that one more time. What did you just say? This is very important. Miles Garrett gets double, triple teamed on every play. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like Thank it. Thank you. So when people complain. He, oh, that was their number one pick. Oh, Miles Garrett, big bus right there. No, he can't. You can't be productive when you have that many bodies on you. You can't do it. Yes. Well, and here's another thing. In a way, in a way that is almost being him being productive because the other team's offensive line is so worried about him that it's freeing up the other Browns defense to go for sacks and go for tips and and that kind of thing. So, I mean, if you've got three, four guys on miles, who's going to be blocking the quarterback? Yeah. I mean, that's the point. Like that's why Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi have had really spectacular games because everyone is paying attention to miles Garrett. And by the way, mm-hmm. miles is still getting to the quarterback. He is, he mm-hmm. is leaving. He, well, he's sorry. He's tied for number two and pass rush through two weeks. Um, which has allowed for his teammates to have really big moments. Like that's important. I'm sorry, but you're not always going to see the sacks stack up and you shouldn't just measure yeah. the success of what miles Garrett is doing for this team based on sacks alone. Clearly yes. you see the impact that Johnny Stanton as a fullback has on the offense without him actually having any yards per carry. Like you, you don't always have to see it. Like the person doesn't have to have the football or sack the quarterback to make an impact. That is what football is. There's only one ball. Yeah, like like OBJ blocking and yes. freeing up the rest of the offense to be available for Baker. Like, you know, so yeah, OBJ got his 143-yard touchdown, which we were all excited about, and it was beautiful. But like Bree mentioned earlier in the podcast, there were so many plays where OBJ was a key to the play happening, even though he was not the one who got his hands on the ball. Yeah. And we've already talked about this, but we know from a linebacking standpoint, safety standpoint, it's going to be a struggle. It really is. Um, We're going to have to get that figured out. I'm actually surprised that they didn't make any moves, um, to be honest with you, within these 10 days. Um, I'm hoping that we see more out of Ronnie Harrison um, now that he had 10 days to get more acclimated to the defense. It'll be interesting if we see more talky-talky. Obviously, Mac Wilson, you hope, comes back and has a really big role. But again, I think it's going to be a struggle. It's going to continue to be a struggle. I hope that we can still continue to shut down um, the receivers with Denzel and Money Mitch and then with Greedy coming back. So hopefully, you know, that gets figured out. But the defense will be something that I think can hold us back this year. Can I tell you guys a funny tweet that I read last (laughs) week? Please. I forget who sent it, but it made me laugh so much. They're like, you know, Mac Wilson isn't really all that good, but on this defense, he is Dick Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh the whole night. I was like, oh my God, this is true. Because <laughs> we're all like, Mac Wilson, he did that. And there is like a large portion of Browns fans who really don't like the guy at all. But like, we're all in agreement that, oh, we need you back. Please hurry. We need you. And I feel like maybe it's going to be one of those situations where you don't know what you had until you don't have it. So hopefully, you know, he's back playing, looking like Dick Buckets. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I obviously we're Mac Wilson stands over here. We love him because he loves, mm-hmm. he loves the Browns. Like he's just, oh, I think he loves the Browns more than any Browns fan 
ever. I don't like. I don't care how corny he is. I know that yeah. I know that Caitlin calls him corny. I don't care. I love I, it. I, I love that he's corny. Totally yes. agree. Me too. Totally agree. I wonder if he would wear a girl gang shirt. Like I feel like he For would. Sure. Please like if he that. got his hands on a girl gang shirt, I really feel like he would wear it. We should send him one. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, guys. So I'm going to end this segment with predictions. Uh-oh. All right. So you have to give me the win or loss and then give me a score. I'm going to write this down and then we'll, we'll gut check ourselves next week. Okay. Meredith, who, where are your loyalties lying this week, by the way? Uh, Browns by a million. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't pay attention to Washington football as much as I used to. Um, I want to say it was probably about 2015 when I started learning about some of the stuff going on behind the scenes there. And that just made me not want to cheer for them. So I had um, a few gaps where I wasn't paying attention to a lot of NFL and I didn't have um, any loyalties to any particular NFL team. It was pretty much like, I'm going to cheer for whoever Tyrod is playing for. (laughs) I had a few years like that. So, um, you know, I would say in my rankings of football teams, it's going to be Brown's over over Washington football team in terms of like who I personally support. Now, looking at this game objectively, I do think the Browns are going to win. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I want to say it's going to be, um, we're going to say like 30 to 21. Browns. 30 to 21. Okay. Yeah. Brittany. My final score, and Meredith, you're weird for doing this, <laughs> but I'm picking the Browns in in my mind, I was like, okay, it's going to be 31-21. Wow. That's you guys it. are on yeah. the same page. Because I figure, you know, they they gave up 30 to Cincinnati, which is bad. Yeah. But. It feels like. Yeah. And I feel like the defense is going to be a little bit better this week. I don't know. But, like, I think 31-21 is a pretty fair that's that's what I'm going right. to go with. I'm also going to say Browns win. They should win. We should win. And I'm going to say we're going to score 28. No offensive explosion from me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say we're going to hold them to 14. Our it's a good score. It's a good score. It's a good score. <laughs> it's a good score. All right. So we'll come back to that. Okay. So now we're going to do some over-unders for the game. And I'm going to write these down this time so that we can go back and see how well we did. Um, If you guys want to play along in the chat room, please play along. And if you have any over-unders we should consider, put them in the chat room and we will revisit them. But Meredith and Brittany haven't seen these. So these are gut reactions. Uh All right, guys. My favorite. We're going to start with Baker Mayfield touchdown passes. Over-under two. Your scores indicate well, we will be scoring more than two times. Will they be passes or runs? What if I think it's just going to be two? Push. Push. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that means that you're, you think it's two. You're going to push it. Yeah. Okay. I push it. I push it, guys. Two. Okay. I I'm going to say under because I think they're going to rely on the run game very heavily. Okay. Meredith says under. Mm. All right. Okay. So next I have combined yards. Wait, what are yours? I'm just the person. Cause I may have oh. Okay, fine. You <laughs> <laughs> are saying push in the comments. Okay. Um, Chubb hunt yards combined. Chubb yards. <laughs> I hate that word by the way. I hate it when people say Trump. I get it. I know. I love, the problem is you can't Trump. reverse it. Like you can't re- reverse. You could do hub. Hub? Okay. I was thinking something else. But yeah, you could do. I like hub better. But that's weird too. Yeah. Not as. Hub yard. Like combined. <laughs> 200. Last week, I believe they went for 213. Can they do it again? Over. Over. Meredith was shaky. Over. All right, you guys are both over. over. I was I was trying to sing, but I guess my awful voice just didn't come through. Be over. Okay. Um, Zaddy being shown in his mask on the sidelines. Over oh, under man. at three. Way over. over. Way over. <laughs> way over. I mean, his face was made for television, even with a mask on. They're gonna they're gonna show him a lot. 
they've showed him a lot the past two weeks. I mean, at this point, it's almost like you have to think over under three per every five minutes of the game. Yeah, really. (laughs) Everyone's playing over, over, over. Oh, yeah. Okay, we got one from Alex. We'll do his really quick so I don't lose it. Um, He had rushing touchdowns over under two. Ooh. I'm going to go over just because I predicted a high scoring game and I think that they're relying on the run game. So I'm going to go over three. I'm saying push again because that would give me my 28 points. All right. Plus a field goal for 31. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then I have OBJ, 65 yards, which he had 74 last week, but a touchdown, really key touchdown. One's tough. That is a tough one. I think. How's Washington secondary? It's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I think I I think I am going to go with the under on this one. I think there are going to be Baker OBJ connections. I think they're probably going to be shorter passes and not necessarily those, you know, long 40 plus yard passes because of that. Um, so uh, I will go with the under just because I have a feeling that it's going to be similar play to last Thursday where it's OBJ making a few critical catches, but then just being a key player in other realms of the offense in terms of blocking and, and drawing defenders away from, from Kareem and, and Nick. I'm going to say over. Woo! I feel like he has at least one where he airs it out real nice. First play of the game. And then, you know, <laughs> maybe. One hand, that be great? One-handed, oh. one-handed catch. Um, so I think that's going to happen. And then I think throughout the games, you make, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to go confidently over. Okay. I like it. I like the confidence. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Sacks. I'm not going to say a player. I'm just going to say in total three. Can we do it? Mm. One of the worst O lines. <laughs> that is tough. I I think I'm. I want to go. I want to go with the under on that one. Like there's there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure on the quarterback on both sides. Um, I don't know if I think there, I don't see more than three sacks for the game, unless one or the other offensive lines just completely breaks down. And I don't, I don't see that happening. Can I take a push again? Oh, you and your pushes. No, you're not fine. That's like three is a great number. Like it just, it, you should work for Vegas, Brie. It's like you should make the numbers. Brittany's going eight and eight on no, all these over-unders. It's very capable. If I had to pick one, I'd say under, but I think it's probably going to be three. All right. Brittany's pushing. Yeah, I'm just pushing everything. Okay. <laughs> pushing buttons, (laughs) pushing numbers. All right. Well, that wraps up the matchup for the week. Um, We had a couple of other things on the agenda, but we, I mean, we've pretty much filled up the show. You guys, we can push these things to next week. See how, see how it goes. What do you guys think? I know we we might have to have a special bonus episode to talk about Bill Belichick's sweatshirt. Oh, we can talk about that really quick. We don't have to go over the other. I had like other things for the Browns, but. Oh yeah, great. We covered ourselves tonight. <laughs> Bring up Billy, Billy, Billy Beast. Yeah. So Bill Belichick and his, I, I forget whether it was a post-game press conference or like the day after he shows up in this sweatshirt that looked like a dog. It looks like it was like a dog's toy for like five years. Like, you know how you get old clothes and one of your, like one of your pets really seems to like it. So instead of throwing it away, you just put it on the dog bed because they like it so much. That's what that sweatshirt looked like. There were like holes all over the place. There were probably bleach stains. I'm not sure if it had been washed. And I had said this in your text or in the text in our group text earlier today that for me, that's that's life goals because he is literally showing up to work in just whatever the hell he wants. It was a 14 minute press conference, not a single reporter asked him about it. I mean, yes, he got, you know, teased on Twitter about it, but. He cares. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like I want to be at that stage in my career where I can show up to work looking like that and nobody cares. Listen, I kind of do that now. (laughs) 
I'm, I work from home now. And like, this is literally what I look like in Zoom meetings. Like I, my hair is just everywhere. And I actually look more presentable doing this than I do in work meetings. I have like hoodies on and my sweatshirt pulled up. I look like a Unabomber. It's a mess. So like when I saw him, I was like, yeah, Bill, I respect it. Also, they sell those shirts for like $40, $50. He's on Amazon. Yeah. Very on trend. I, I respect his game. I respect his how game. How many yeah. so how many people, how many like bros in Boston do you think are gonna show up to work wearing that sweatshirt? So many. <laughs> That's <laughs> the disturbing part. Like Bill Belichick, fine. Like you can do that, but like the D bags, no. I don't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, on the bros. Yeah, you 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 know that the D bag Boston fans are gonna be walking around Fenoil Hall like in that we sweatshirt. In my sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the harbor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this evening. I will announce that we have done two of our fantasy drafts on DraftKings and we haven't actually claimed a winner yet. So I think what we're going to try to do this time, because there's so many random people that enter our free um, drafts, which is great, but also unfortunate. I think I'm going to have to tweet out whoever wins from our own cleveland twitter family whoever comes in first place it's not a random person will be the winner of the shirt so we'll try that um so if you end up within the top 10 top 20 send us a note so that we can get you guys your shirt because we're going to keep doing it we'll do it on over the weekend again for sunday at the one o'clock games um should be fun i am going to try to do better but as of right now i'm not doing very good um any other announcements ladies um no all right We are wrapping it up tonight. Thanks for joining us live um, and tuning in with us via hot mics. You can still find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. If you want to listen to us downloadable, we'll continue to do this via hot mics. Um, We're switching up the days on you, depending on what we have going on. Um, So just a very busy time of year. Stay tuned on Twitter to to figure out when we go live. Um, And obviously depending on how the Browns perform, because it depends on how mad they make us. Um, So thank you again for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys all next week.